Good evening, everyone. And this is Padre Paul with Celebrating Life Ministries. And tonight I have two very special guests, Catherine Baum from the East Coast and Raj Ra from the West Coast. Welcome, both of you. Thank you, Padre. Thank you. Tonight is a unique night because the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. Uh, it's time to pray. And so that's our theme for tonight. And so many different people are on the call, more than normal, in a sense. of, And to me, that's intriguing because we all want to learn how to pray. And pray in maybe a different language, a different way, different tools. And so our two guests tonight are really going to share their hearts of their own experiences in their relationship with God, you know, and how they, I call it, access that. Without any further ado, Catherine, could I ask you to open with prayer as a community for us? Yes, but I would love to. And this is actually a Sufi evening prayer, which I thought moving, so I will share it with you. O thou, who art the perfection of love, harmony, and beauty, the Lord of heaven and earth, open our hearts that we may hear thy voice, which constantly comes from within. Disclose to us thy divine light, which is hidden in our souls, that we may know and understand life better. Most merciful and compassionate God, give us thy great goodness and teach us thy loving forgiveness. Raise us above the distinctions and differences which divide us and send us the peace of thy divine spirit and unite us all in thy perfect being. Amen. Amen. Such a simple but complex prayer, you know, in essence. Mm. It really does offer us another way of looking into, I call it the heart of God. And just mm-hmm. thank you, Catherine, for offering that prayer this evening. I just want people to get a little flavor of who both you and Raj are. So could you give us just a little background, Catherine, of who you are and what you do? Who am I? That's a good question. I ask that self, myself that a lot. <laughs> Every <I>? day, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Miriam, I'm here on the, on the East Coast. I'm a nurse by training, but I retired, and I worked a lot of different things in nursing, but I, I really love caring for people. I love the care and the, and the support of people who are ill and are sick. And I have a, uh, a business where I do energy work, hands-on healing, and uh, with uh, several women, we, do, we work as a team through a partner. And um, we've been doing that since 1992, so we, we've been in business for a long time. And wow. I love doing that work. Beautiful. It really, really feeds me. It's great. Um, we only work two days a week, but, boy, we've been busy. We reopened, and people are in trouble. We, we have new people coming, and that's kind of unusual because we're kind of strange. It's two of us. <laughs> Nobody exactly knows <laughs> what we I'm do. I'm not included <laughs> in that one. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like, I don't know, what do you do? And so, but it really just helping people release stuff that they need to, things that they, and emotions that they need to let go of. And this pandemic is really bringing that up. So I love Celebrating Life. I found Celebrating Life in 2012. And I say I found my people because I, I really found a place yeah. where I could be unique and also have other unique and loving people and uh, structures that really supports me. So that's who I am. That's beautiful. I, I love that. Well, thank you, Catherine. Always learning more about you and the healing work that you do do. So, so my monk brother, Raj, tell us a little bit about you and what formation in Celebrating Life have you take it upon yourself of becoming a monk. Let's just go there. Thank you, so, Padre. So, so 
it's hard going second to Catherine because she's so eloquent. I will try and <laughs> that kind of vibration. Basically, becoming a monk in CLM has really been a, a path and a half for me. And really, it's coming from a place of being very close in a number of different areas, including mainly the heart space. And then being able okay. to go through the rigorous training you put me through, as well as some other people <laughs> like Dina. I could give you a dig on that one. You knew that was coming. <laughs> so it, um, it's been an well, expansion of the heart. So the expansion of the heart is really where I'm coming from. Expansion beyond just the mind, which I originally was really believing was the way forward. My mind was my savior. There was nobody else, nothing else that was going to help me. But through mm. the process of life and the opening of life, the divine, the path that was laid out for me, I've been able to step forward in the way that I have, become the person I am today, becoming the person I'll be tomorrow. How's that for an answer? Oh, it's beautiful. We're talking about prayer tonight. And, you know, I'm... Raj, what I like about you and Catherine, of course, you're very authentic in who you are. You don't hide those incongruencies. I'm perfect, so it's hard to live up to my <laughs> reputation. <laughs> but in saying that, it's all about prayer and what Catherine shared, what you shared, and what I think the listener. We all want to know how to pray or access more of the divine. I think that's our life journey until we pass from this veil to the next. So even Catherine, you went through our educational program, and you actually graduated, and you were <laughs> going to be uh, ordained a minister in July in, in our community, but because of, we had to cancel, that's on pause right now. But Catherine, from your perspective of the transformation of going through the educational program, did you learn a little bit about prayer more than you had before? Because I know you had great uh, spiritual right. teachers before you. Before Thank you, Padre. I, I did. I grew up Episcopalian, which I think is Catholic light. But I sure. was pretty disenchanted with the church for some reason. I, I Once I left home, I never went to church. And I certainly had a spiritual, I believed in God, and I did a lot of spiritual energy work where you feel things. But until I met Celebrating Life, I never really... The, the student program really had me reading a lot of books that I hadn't read before and exposed me to people that I hadn't, you know, I may have heard of but hadn't read their things. And I, re I noticed that I prayed a lot more in the beginning. And in the, in the beginning, it was mostly prayers that I memorized. And I would say them mm, on yeah. my way to work or I'd use them for different things. But it's as I'm thinking back today about my prayer life, it has certainly changed because I'm more, I'm more like help, you know, <laughs> Just, just trying to put into words what I'm going through each day. And some days I'm really up and some days I'm not. And some days, if it's going to be a really difficult day, I'm asking for help a lot. And I've been really working at having a personal relationship with God and saints and spirit. And one of the things that I was thinking about today when talking about prayer was one of the books I read this Lorna Byrne, who's a mystic, an Irish mystic, and she wrote this book, Angels in My Hair. And she was a woman who saw angels her whole life. From a very small child, she always saw angels. Wow. And they told her, don't tell people you see us because they think you're crazy. And they did. They thought she was, mm. you know, mentally retarded because she hardly talked. But 
she would describe the angels that she saw. And she, this one in partner book, she said, there are lots of unemployed helper angels, meaning there are a, a, a band of angels that are, quote, helper angels, but they cannot help you unless you ask. So that's wow. what prayer is. You're asking for help. They, and she would say they're standing around and being unemployed because no one's asking them. Like she would say, you could ask it for anything. And she said, you know, one day she was walking and, and this, she sees this man gardening and around him are like three of these helper angels all with raggy gardening clothes and wheelbarrows helping him in the garden. <laughs> so, you know, wow. It's, uh, it's like a funny little thing that I think, okay, Movie. I just have to ask for what I need and what I feel I want and the help that I need yep. and I will get help. Wow. That's a very simple but very easy way of accessing heaven. I believe heaven to work with us. I should have tried that last week, chopping down yes. trees. <laughs> I could use double the help angels to help you those trees. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to Absolutely. access that. <laughs> That's beautiful, Catherine. Raj, in your spiritual formation, who would be one of your favorite teachers besides myself <laughs> that no. would either for masters of prayer or just that learning about what spirituality is about? Because I know you have many different streams that you tap into. Well, I could have gone crickets now because you took yourself off the list there, Padre, but um, <laughs> I, I'll avoid the embarrassment. And basically say Yogananda is a great inspiration to me as somebody who has such beauty in the way that he expresses in his writing, in his words, which, by the way, I was very shocked the first time I heard him on a recording he sounded very much like a Southern Baptist preacher with the fire and brimstone angle, but he, his wow. words were just so profound. Worth listening to, Padre. Very powerful speaker as well as writer. Mm. So that I would be a person that. who's... Yeah. Uh, that would be an individual who I really respect and, and admire. In terms of somebody living... Uh, besides yourself, that would be my uh, yoga philosophy <laughs> teacher, Hari Charan Das. He and I met in a flea market in Berkeley, and basically we connected straight away. So an amazing teacher of a, of a different way, a different methodology, uh, very open, very rooted in his own tradition, which is more Hindu yoga uh, yogic philosophies, etc., but very open and embracing of other religions, other stances. And he's been an amazing teacher to me in terms of opening me to a new way of understanding prayer, because prayer is so individual to each person. And I had to find my own way. I couldn't accept within my my mind that the way that certain people were doing it. It just wasn't working for me. So prayer for me became an experience, and it's evolving still, but it's an experience, a literal experience in my body. So I'm bringing in those sensations. I'm, if I want to experience love, it's like uh, I, I am love. I am divine. I am everything. So whatever I want to actually feel, feel, sense, appreciate about life, I can be that at any time. I can choose it at any time. The connection is what's actually providing we with this ability to play on this 
this game of life, which is literally a game. I mean, I couldn't have put it better. It's, it's a game. I'm pretending to be this, this character, Raj Rana, who has this lineage and all these problems and all these gifts. And, and I'm making my way through this movie. And at some point, I'm going to end the movie and go, oh, was that worth it? Mm, could have maybe done it better <laughs> at the end. And, and how does prayer help? Prayer is that thing that reminds me, from my own personal experience, that this is a movie. This is a game. This isn't really real, but it's a wonderful experience if I choose it to be. Wow. Your definition of prayer, in a sense of living life in this movie, we can all, to an extent, access the picture that you formed in our hearts was with this pandemic, with this quarantine, it's like, how do we get out of this? And I think each of us who are listening to this program have asked the question, there's got to be more than just this life now. You know, I could say I had a good life and then the quarantine came. And it's like, how do I maneuver out of that, whatever that is? And to me, what it forced me to do was go deeper in my relationship, and I would call it prayer. Padre Pio says, people try to find God in books, but I find God in prayer. And, in, and mm. prayer is actually communion. It's divine union. It's relationship. And if anything, if any nuggets can be shared tonight, for those listening in, is go deeper with these nuggets. Go find the gold, because the gold is there. And like Raz, you just said, I have to learn how to turn on the switch because God is within us. God is all around us. So it's our response to God's ability that we can actually dive into this beautiful thing called prayer. So, Catherine, who is some of your, I call it, spiritual teachers or masters of prayer that kind of help you bridge the gap, so to speak, in your life? I echo Raj. I found that I had never read Yogananda before I started the student program and devoured his books and, and found him an amazing teacher. And I actually want to go back and reread like the second coming of Christ, the two volumes, because there's so much information in there and there's so many nuggets. He was an amazing man, an amazing man. And mm. I've seen his movie alive. If you haven't watched that movie, it's another very mm, it's a wonderful yeah. movie of his life. And I, you know, I wept every time I saw it. I don't know how many times I saw it, but mm. it, you know, when you have, you know, I didn't have the privilege of meeting Ron, but he also was someone who was very, drew a lot of people to him. And there are people that just touch our lives in a way that make us want to be more. Say, I want that. I want what they have. Yes. And yeah. I certainly want what Yogananda had and that, that he, mm. He was a teacher, he was an educator, he was a spiritual leader. He, there was a yoga studio on every corner in this country. It's just about so, you know. Yeah. And he brought yoga here to the United States. So it may not be yeah. what he was driving at, but he did bring us a way of peace and a way of prayer that is still very much active. Yeah, we There's could call a that a, a tool. Mm-hmm. A tool. You a know, tool. He, yes. Very well said, Catherine. Our mentor, my mentor, who Catherine talked about was Reverend Ron Roth, Padre Ron Roth. And if anyone who did see him knew his passion, he was all about prayer. Prayer and the Holy Spirit. You know, he really didn't diverge off of that, but maybe many of his stories that he told he did. (laughs) He was a great storyteller. But when it came time to accessing 
what Raj and Captain and myself are talking about is that place where we're in divine union with Christ, with the Godhead. And it's magical, it's, it's beyond our world, but yet it draws the heart in. And to me, my first experience with Ron was like, well, he was a Catholic priest at the time. But he was for 25 years a Catholic priest, but he was very charismatic and he had this healing gift. And he had this spontaneous humor, you know, that just won people over. And people would say, you were with Ron Roth. If they knew me and him, they could tell, I call it my charism, actually rubbed from him because he was such a master at it. But he knew to draw people into their everyday experience and then show them the God that was revealing. Like Catherine talked about these unknown workers, these angels, they're waiting to be be of service. And to me, that's what prayer does is draw us into that mystery. And most people don't know this, but, you know, Ron started out, he went to the Conception Abbey, the St. Benedict Monastery in Conception Abbey, Missouri. And, And if you knew Ron's personality, Ron is like, I think, all of us on this call, uh, we have a formation, but it's a formation, spiritual formation doesn't fit us, so we look outside that box, and that was Ron. Ron was curious, and he was a prophetic. He loved to read. He loved to study. He loved to find the root cause of whatever life was about, and he had a brilliant mind. So at the end of the first year of being in this Benedictine monastery, you know, they have like a, a review. Raj would know this, being a novice in our program. So we do a year review and go, hmm, you know, you could go here, you could do this, you know, just to kind of position them for uh, success in life. And his, the abbot asks, or he says, you know, I don't think you're a fit here. And he goes, really? Because he loved chanting. He loved prayer. He loved the silence, even though he was a talker. I mean, (laughs) he was. And I was the quiet one. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, the abbot had such wisdom. He goes, you belong to the world. You don't belong in this monastery, but you carry the monastery with you. And from there, he went on to become a, a Roman Catholic priest then. And, but the charism that came in, because of celebrating life, and if you don't know celebrating life, we have a, a monastic community, which Raj comes from. That's his spiritual stream right now. I'm the abbot of this monastery. And it's a church without, or monastery without walls, a church without walls. But we meet in our retreats, our seminars, our Zoom now retreats and seminars. So join us. But the point I'm trying to make is the the heart of Padre Ron Roth was prayer. is about communion with God. And that legacy now continues on in celebrating life. And in as Catherine would be ordained as a, an ordained minister, prayer is a part of that. Raj becoming a, a, a monk, prayer is that essence. We might define prayer in many different ways, but it's really the essence of who we are that loves us and cherishes us. So to me, you know, it's interesting that if we're talking about prayer and my friend Jesus, the apostles asked Jesus, how do you pray? Isn't that a unique term, how do you pray? They're asking, how do you commune with the Father? Because Jesus always says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. So, my friends, there's a connection there. That's the key to 
prayer itself. And so I'm asking you as a listener, how do you pray? How do you connect? It might be through the sacraments. It might be church. It might be meditation. Rush Ross said meditation is actually medication for the soul and the body. And the more I go into my prayer time, my meditation, my deeper parts, I have an understanding of that. I have a, a realization that the pain can go away, the stress can go away when I tap into the very heart of where I'm going to. So anyway, but prayer, let's kind of break it down then. So Catherine, I'm going to ask you first, and I'm going to ask Raj, is what form of prayer, how do you, what tools, what positioning do you take when I say, do you pray? Interesting question. I, I feel like I, I have all kinds of little prayers that I've collected through the years. And some, one from my childhood when I have a particularly stressful day or I've got a lot that I've got to do, it's one about give me strength to live another day. <laughs> you know, Let me not turn coward yeah. towards difficulties or prove recreant to its duties. Help me, help me get through this day. And it helps to calm down because I feel like I hand over all the things I'm worrying about. I hand over all the things that I'm thinking I've got to do or have to get done or won't get done or all that yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and it brings a peace inside me that I can just walk through the day and it all gets done. It really does. You know, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I thank you, God. And I thank God at the end of the day. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping me. And sometimes things don't come out the way I want, but they end up okay anyway. And, yeah. you know, that's the part of prayer that, that I find that I never did that before celebrating life as much. But I find myself mm. praying much more now. And sometimes it's just parts of prayer. Like there's Hail Mary that, that I've been doing, picked it up somewhere where it says, you do the first part, the Hail Mary, Hail Mary, blessed are you, my woman. And then it says, Holy Mary, Mother of us all, I surrender my heart and give devotion to thee that you release my burdens of fear. And reveal unto me that which I must do to heal my illusions and to hold the immaculate love of God in my heart for myself and for others. And I'll say that like about I'm driving on, on my way to work or going into town when it's really busy and crazy and traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do I keep Well, it sounds like, love a, in like my a mantra or a chant, you know, that you're yes, actually offering. Yes. And also what you described for me was call it emptying prayer in a sense of giving God all our cares, you know, all our fears, all our unknowns. And so then we can actually walk in peace because ultimately peace is what defines if we're in union with God or not or the universe in one accord. So it's one way of, I call it accessing. And that's a beautiful way, Catherine, because we all have different ways. And mine, mine's more of a, I love my easy chair. You know, I love my coffee. You know, they go hand in hand along with the candle lighting a candle. Sometimes I do incense, and most of the time I have flowers next to images that I would love to concentrate on. Those who have walked before me that have shown me the way or showed me their own relationship with the divine, that it does inspire me. But meditation is such a big deal for me because I love reading the scriptures, and then I love meditating on them, giving it time to set in and then reveal itself. And it's a treasure, and I have to say, Ron Roth taught me that, kind of the hard way in a sense, because uh, he didn't necessarily like sitting in the same room together. 
So we always were got separate rooms, but then we came back and then we shared what was on our hearts. And that was one of my mm. favorite times. So it really was a delight, and it, it is still today. Now we get to do this with my community. So it's a joy just to continue that template. So When I first started with CLM, I, get up, I got up really early, and I would read a devotional book, and I'd meditate in the morning for at least a half an hour. And, uh, or, you know, oh. it was an hour. But I, that practice I've been doing since I started CLM pretty early wow. on. And that has helped me along with collecting prayer. So I do want to say that the meditation, and it's not long, but it also keep, keep, sure. puts me on the right foot every morning. Yeah. So, That's beautiful, done. Catherine. Love that. Thank you. So how about you, Raj? It's a, such an evolving topic, Padre. I mean, it is... It, it, for me, it's it's not. I was actually broken a couple of years ago by by my teacher Hari. He basically said, "I'm going to give you three prayers. You say them twelve times a day." And it was one of the hardest things to do because there were three very disparate prayers, and I had so much resistance to God, as you know very well. <laughs> and. I basically couldn't put my trust in some being that would put me into such a deep amount of pain. And that that's me speaking very frankly. And so sure. I was in complete resistance to praying to this being. And it took a lot because all of it, all of the experiences that I've had are really leading up to an unfolding, much like you know, the caterpillar evolving into the butterfly, that rote metaphor. But still, the the main thing was the pain. The inability to feel has been the constant in my life. I have I wasn't able to feel emotion. The only time where I could feel just a little glimpse was when there was a loss. And so the divine had an entry point. That was the divine entry point through which I was kind of cracked. And so opening, opening to this prayer, opening to the ability to be able to trust. There's a, it's not a movie for everybody, but it's called Evan Almighty. And there's a scene in it (laughs) where God is serving fries to Evan's wife who's distraught. You know, Evan's gone off and he wants to build the ark. And she's just like, this guy's gone crazy. What do I do? And so God, in the form of a server, comes to her and says, you know, when you pray for courage, does God give you courage or put you in the situation to be courageous? And that really stuck with me. It was like, okay, what am I actually doing as I'm praying? What am I doing as I'm praying for another person? Because my intervention energetically can affect potentially another person's outcome. And that outcome may not be what they actually want to experience in the bigger picture. So through the pain, they're actually going to blossom into something else, no matter what the pain is. So for me, prayer, I, I want to make it light. I want to make it playful. I want to make it connected. And then I want to be able, and I choose to be able to connect with myself or another person and literally be able to allow the divine and the recognition that the divine is always with me and always with them 
And it's not necessarily with words. It's, it's feelings. It's blessings. It's vibration. It's everything. But literally, I'm holding the well-being of myself and other, others, etc. But really, the outcome is theirs to choose. You bring up a beautiful concept, Raj, about feelings, you know, in a sense of, and I've heard you use that a couple times tonight. It seems that's how you, I call, access that place of divine, you know, because a feeling can be pain, and and your words as well kind of crack you open. And suffering has a role in our lives. Usually I avoid it like the plague. I don't know what other people do, but I try to as much as possible, if I can avoid it. But I realize once it's upon me or around me, you know, or uh, whatever terms I'm going to use, I realize the quickest way for me to get through this pain is that surrender of letting go and say, okay, I I will accept the gift because I see it as gift. Because as our Bishop Bobby always says, thank God for everything the good and the bad. And I know life can come at us in a different way with a different negative energy. and We've all experienced that in our lives and maybe multiple times. But to get to the core of what brings us out of that is really the essence. I I call it, Ron Roth always says, where there is no communication, there is no communion. And so to me, like talking to Raj and Catherine, and you listening in, our participants, this is communication. But until we hit the heart, we hit the note, the tone, and all of a sudden, oh, I I get Rosh, I get Catherine, totally get Padre. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's something about communication that opens the door, and I would say to our hearts, because we can describe many different flavors of prayer or access or tools to prayer but until it gets to that place of that divine union it's all words and until to me it's about the spirit leading us and as Catherine would say use those angels that are unemployed right now and let's just apply that to our life well why don't we do it right now you know I'm just going to take that cue from the Holy Spirit so I would ask everyone to place their hand on their heart for those listening in. And what is it in your life that's still a need that still needs to be met? Maybe it's have food on the table tomorrow. Maybe it's have a place to live. You know, maybe it's you're looking for your life partner or an animal, a pet to have. You know, there's multiple desires out there, needs out there. So now we just ask the Holy Spirit to release the ministering angels that knows the answer to our prayers. So right now, we're just going to do that. We're just going to allow the angels to be released. But like Raj says, we hold the switch, and the switch is you ask. You ask God, you ask the Holy Spirit for help right now in whatever situation that is. And allow that grace that spirit to minister to you. I know some of you are crying right now because you actually feel that angel present in your room right now. So we just say thank you, God, for this direct communication with the one who loves us beyond measure. 
Just heal, Holy Spirit. Just your healing presence. Don't you feel that wave of love? It's all consuming. It wants to fill your home. It wants to fill your heart. It wants to let you know, I'm there. Trust me. Allow that grace to move supernaturally now. Amen. So be it. This is prayer, my friends. This is divine union, communication, but it's with the heart, not with the mouth or the mind. It's really in the heart. You know, Ron Ross once said, the best self-help book ever written was the scriptures because he said that once we meditate on the scriptures, and it doesn't matter which scripture it is, for my version, it said the word is made flesh. It, it comes alive. And I agree, in meditation, these words come alive. And just like you communicating with your unemployed angels, now employed, that there's some a deeper connection for you and for me that brings us closer to that divine. On the scriptures, it says, they asked Jesus, what's, the, what's your favorite commandment? And he goes, there's only one commandment. He says, to love God, to love others, and love yourself. That fulfills the law. It's like, wow. Talk about bringing simplicity to a relationship with the divine. Love God, love others, which is really hard sometimes, and love ourselves, which is sometimes hard. I think we can love God in some way that we can figure out. But when it comes to loving others, we got a lot of stuff. And to me, this is where prayer, and I would use the term meditation or solitude, as our forefathers have asked us to walk in and sit in and become that quiet place that really connects us with that divine. So, Catherine, do you take walks in, in nature? So, where do you find silence or solitude in your pattern or, or tools for prayer? Yeah, I actually do. I, I walk. I walk every day, and I live in a on the street in the neighborhood. that's pretty got, got a lot of trees. A lot. I'm seeing a lot of bunnies and and wildlife. Turkeys too. You know, there's a lot of turkeys and bunnies. Uh, so it's nature, and and also it's been interesting that I bring this in too because it's it's not only peaceful, but then sometimes there's a rabbit or something that's gotten killed that I put take try to put it out of the, the middle of the road sure. because it's all smushed up and. And, and I always say a prayer for them. And, and I, too, I'm like, I have a better life next to me. <laughs> life that a better one. Mm. And, but there's something about being outside with the wind and the weather and the trees and the flowers and the nature that is around me that always makes me feel better. It makes me feel, it just connects me, I think, to to the amazingness of of God and our country and our our where we where I live and how beautiful it is I'm very grateful for that and um that I have the chance to do that that I I'm I am where I am and Mm. um yes it makes me grateful and it makes it always makes you feel better I like the physically too the exercise which is is it's walking and sometimes I listen to music or sometimes I listen to something else but it it is it always lifts me up it makes me feel better and more connected. One of the authors that I love is Henry Nowen, 
and he's a person of silence. He's a person of solitude. There's a depth of his teachings that draws you into that place. And same way with Thomas Merton. He's a mystic. He's a, he draws you in. And one of his, you know, I've been reading him this morning, one of his books, and he talked about the mystery of the spirit is the mystery of selfless love. We receive him in the inspiration of secret love, and we give him to others in the outgoing of our own charity. Our life in Christ is then life both receiving and of giving. We receive from God in the Spirit, and in the same Spirit we return our love to God through our brothers and sisters. And I think both of us can say and agree upon when we serve others, there's an element in us, call it the Spirit, that brings us joy or inner peace or a feeling of gratefulness that we could be of service to others. You know, maybe it was in a tragedy that you became a friend to others or just wrapped your arms or or surrounded them by good thoughts and prayer, whatever that might be. That, But it identifies us, or it's a calling in a sense, of drawing us into that, the oneness with God. That awareness mm-hmm. that God can use any situation, and we can be God's hands, we can be God's eyes, we can be God's heart, if we allow ourselves and not let our attachments draw us in a different direction or turn around and say, no, not today. So, Raj, my brother, where does silence or solitude come in play in your life? Mm-hmm. Besides when you talk to me on the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You gave me the hard question. Okay, so <laughs> silence. Let's go deeper. Yeah, the, the silence has, has actually been another one of my problems since I wanted to figure everything out and still do, <laughs> many would say. Uh, I'm reading I, somebody's heart, I guess. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. I don't like silence. And so it's been a challenge for me to i could sit in meditation that's fine run energy and do all those things silence though was always okay my mind would go nuts more now the silence comes from allowing my mind to do its thing it it nearly always runs out of steam the silence also allows me just that little bit of clarity and the path that really gets me to that silence these days is gratitude. Now, Ooh. in the past, when previous coaches like Janai would tell me, you know, Raj, you've got to bring in gratitude into your life, I would be so resistant. It was like, no, nah, I've got nothing to be grateful for. I don't see the point of it. Gratitude walks, can't stand them. But really, again, I didn't really give it a chance. And in that state of gratitude these days, just for, like you, Catherine was saying, just taking a simple walk, gratitude, of, for some reason these days, seeing the light through the leaves of a tree, that gratitude just fills me and the silence naturally comes. The playfulness naturally comes. The joy of life that I've been craving for so long naturally comes. Despite everything that's going on, despite people doing all kinds of things around me, the gratitude allows the opening 
for the silence and the silence allows that joy of life the willingness to play very well said because to me what you just communicated raj was you know in the silence and it's really about silencing the mind first and foremost because of the chatter that we can talk but even when we shut up the mind is still talking <laughs> in a sense and sometimes it's just old energy or old wounds that we start making up these stories or movies in our in our hearts which is mm-hmm. you know not healthy at all and i think once we get to a place of i'm not going to do this no more i can't go there anymore you know sometimes we wear out our stay <laughs> and and then we make the choice in the scripture it says life or death blessings or curse but we get to choose that and christ says but choose life choose a different way and so he's actually offering us that masterpiece of stillness and it's like if we can grab a hold of using the term either silence or solitude to me solitude is more frightening than silence <laughs> because now you're isolated there's nobody around except you and the tree or the cave or the hole wherever you are but yet there's a depth to an awareness of the Christ in us that actually now takes over and if I'm not going to put words in your mouth but I might say it for you <laughs> like me I don't want to go to silence because it's going to reveal myself or reveal the big aha the god that I know is true and you know that thing about oh I'm not I'm not worthy there's a it's beyond that there's a reverence there's a a cause in me that I just want to lay prostrate on the ground and just cry just to humble myself before God because he's created this beautiful being like Raj, like Catherine, like you who's listening in. And the Holy Spirit and those now-employed angels are actually feeding you the grace, the love of God that really just can transcend our time and space. And if it's true, and I believe it is, in each one of your lives, Catherine and Raj, that you had places, you had a time, you had moments where this divine union took place. And we all became so small, and our God became so big. And for me, that's my desire for everyone listening in on this program tonight is to capture that moment or to maybe for the first time experience that because it really is about allowing grace to take over, and it's about letting go of control. You know, there's one thing during this quarantine One of the things God was teaching me through my prayer time was don't grumble, Padre. Grumbling is, because grumbling for me is my mind going, this is not doing right, this is not doing right. It's just all the chatter. And it's usually the negative things happening, and I'm repeating them. And so I was called upon by the Holy Spirit to go, ah, ah, ah. And Raj, as you could probably quote in our St. Benedict's toolbox that you studied for many years, that one of my favorite quotes in there is that word that starts with a no, obey, which then Mm. means Mm. interpreting, we listen. So I was listening to the Holy Spirit and I got convicted of that. And because of many different circumstances in the outside world that was changing and affecting my life, my old nature would just like create a list and then share it with everybody (laughs) so they all knew what woes I had 
and I heard <laughs> this would be God speaking to Padre. Zip it, Padre. <laughs> because <laughs> the negative words or the, the negative mindset, the chatter that goes on, creates on its own. So it's creating what I'm complaining about. And I go, hmm, that's not good. So I'm learning now. It's an old habit of mine, but I'm learning to zip it. And just again, thank God for everything without putting a parentheses on my pain, my sorrow, my rejection, whatever it might be, my circumstances. Sorry about chattering, but I just want to say, Padre, there's one thing in English, in, in, from England, you pronounce God as God, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that phrase, thank you, God, for everything. But the way I hear it in my mind is thank you, God, for everything. I'm like, who speaks like that? Those English people, you know. It's my it's my English. (laughs) And people who know me (laughs) you'll get to know me. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So Catherine, in our in your toolbox then, I'm sure you have a prayer altar or a place that you pray or meditate where you let's say you start out in prayer. I'll use that term. So describe that to me because maybe some people might not have a prayer altar or a place that, you know, they want to set aside and say, God and I am one in this this spot. So I'm actually looking at my altar. It's it's not very big. It's really more like a size of a TV table maybe because I have a very small apartment, but it's under a big picture window and there's a a, a lit candle. Now I'm, I'm looking at the lit candle with a statue of Mother Mary and a statue of Teresa, St. Teresa, I believe. So a rose, there's a rose there, and then I, there's a, two plants. There's a jade plant and a violet, beautiful violet plant that's blooming all over the place. I don't know, I, I'm terrible with plants, and this thing blooms all the time. It just must have the great, <laughs> no, no, the, <laughs> the best light or whatever. Blessed are you. And I have some, yeah. yeah, I have some crystals on it. There's a lot of things on there, but it's, there's a lot for me to look at, and it, it helps me focus, and I don't always watch it, and my eyes are often closed sometimes, or sometimes they're open, and I'm just conscious that this is this is a, a little sacred place here. That And I want to have, I've got, you know, I've liked the altars. I've got the, at the CLM event, I've got this very lacy kind of cloth or yeah. fabric that's covering the table so it's got you know it looks like it looks like an altar and um yeah but small and it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to be it could be even smaller than that but for me it reminds me that this is god is here the spirit is here it's in my god is in my life he she is in my life always i just have to keep remembering Mm. that and coming back to that what your altar reminds me of is in the scriptures God asked Moses to build an altar in honor of, and it's like, this would be our sacred place, or this is where we'll meet the chat, heart to heart. For me, I do have my own, but like you, a lot of times, you know, I read and then I close my eyes and I go into meditation. And to me, that's where that communion begins, is in that place. So it is about our reaching out, and I call it letting the beloved love on us. So that we can be loving to our neighbors and to ourselves. So there's there's a divine connection. The switch is God, the Holy Spirit, and it will open up a door that you and I and Raj can just enter into. So I think we're, this would be a great place of entering in 
I'm going to ask Catherine to lead us in prayer, and then followed by Monk Raj, and then I will conclude with prayer and healing at the end for all of us. So for those participating, as they begin to pray or chant or decree, place one of your hands on your heart as a point of contact, and just learn to receive the words, the tone, the sound of that divine embrace. So, Kath, would you lead us in prayer? Yes, Padre. God, be in my head and be in my understanding. God, be in my eyes and in my looking. God, be in my mouth and in my speaking. And God, be in my heart and in my thinking. And God, be at my end and at my departing. Thank you, God, for everything. Amen. My brother Raj. Mother, Father, God, thank you for this life, the blessing of life that you've given, the blessing of existence, the blessing of the flow, knowing that you are always with us. You are always with us no matter what, no matter what our circumstance. We are whole. We are one. And we are always with you. Amen. 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 Oh, Heavenly Father, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, Padre Peel, Padre Ranrat, Saint Ignatius, all the saints, the sages, Saint Therese, Yogananda, Yeshua, your presence, your access to the divine, to the one, to heaven. We seek your pleasure. We seek your love. We seek your appearance in our lives tonight. As we go deeper, as we pour out our heart towards you in love and adoration, and in oneness. Let your will, let your decree be done and fulfilled in all our lives. Father, release your ministering angels now. Let the flow of heaven, the flood of heaven, the grace, the mercy, the fire of God, the love of God, we become a consuming fire for your praise, your honor, your glory, O Lord our God. We surrender our lives into the divine hand of the one who loved us beyond measure. Thank you, O Lord, our God, for that consuming fire now. For it burns away, it destroys sickness and disease in the name of Yeshua. I just decree that thyroid, I command it, it healed in the name of Jesus. command that ear infection or ears open, open through the name of Yeshua. Just a, a heart, heart problems, the digestive tract. Come, Holy Spirit, just let your fire now, just let your fire now begin to cleanse, colon, cleanse and heal, cleanse and heal. There's a, there's a divine, God is going to be your divine encounter. I'll just use that term. Something that was major in a person's life that's listening to this phone right now. You need a miracle upon miracle. In the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, just God's, God will have his say. 
That's the word of God. God will have his say in this matter. And he's going to give you peace beyond measure. You'll know that you know that you know. You might not know, but you will know God said this about this situation. So just repeat after me. This is the decree from God. I have your back. This is mine. Hands off. He's got it. So that truth will be revealed, and you will be set free. That situation will be set free. Whether that's an illness, whether that's a lawsuit, doesn't matter. God is supreme. God is above all. And so we honor you, we praise you, and we thank you, O Lord our God, for that beautiful intervention in the name of Yeshua. Thank you, Lord, and our blessed mother, her presence. Her presence is so amazing, and continual tears will flow from this because it's from the throne of grace. So that grace now will take you into new relationships for those that are looking for new She's there. She's a comforter. For those who have lost a loved one, especially a father or a mother or a child, God's spirit is right here, right next to your heart. So God sees your loved one, and God honors that loved one. And they're in a spiritual hospital right now, just like all of us, recovering from life itself, from our errors, our, our mistakes, those who are in, in physical pain. The body begins to heal now. So we just say, thank you, God, for these loved ones, for their embrace, our ladies' embrace on their souls. Thank you, God, for I just decree now this coronavirus. I break its hold over humanity in the name of Jesus. I just break its core, its grip of fear in the name of Jesus, and let your light, your peace that passes all understanding be with and Father, I just decree in the name of Jesus this division here in the United States in the political scene. I break its hold. I break its grip through the name of Jesus. However it's done, God says, I am the peace that passes all understanding. That's my vow. That's my decree to my people. My people who are called by, by, by thy name will answer in love, in consideration in oneness. Let your will be done, O Lord, in my life, in our lives, through the mighty name of Yeshua. And I bless all those on this call as a spiritual father, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So be it. It is so in my soul and yours. Namaste, my friends.